0: But that's that mentoring experience, and that's what podcasts, and that's what we hope our podcasts become for people, is an opportunity to to almost like a masterclass situation. Because uh, there are teachers out there who who are rock starring, uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do, but nobody knows who they are. Nobody's heard their voice. No one's... No one's, you know. There's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. And you may have never experienced it, and then you may listen to it on a podcast, and then all of a sudden you experience it, and it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, I can't do that, but it gives me an idea. It sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do. Welcome back to Value Adds Value, this is episode 306. Um, my name is Kyle Krieger and welcome back. Uh, this is part two of our conversation with Brandy Arnold from Project Wayfinder. Um, if you haven't listened to the first part of this uh, episode, you don't have to. You can go back and check it out. Um, we got connected uh, to Brandy from Project Wayfinder from uh, by Patrick, who is the founder of Project Wayfinder. We talked to him on the podcast like, three years ago and he reached out recently and just was hoping he he could have Brandy come on and just talk about how the program has developed and we were so glad to have them. Um, So impressed by the work they do and it just seems super timely to um, help our teachers understand how they can facilitate conversations on purpose and belonging and making meaning. So we hope um, that you enjoyed this second part really diving into You know, what's happened over the last year, um, you know, how we can grow from the bumps and bruises bruises we've had, um, how we can find our way and, you know, how we can really be authentic and vulnerable with our kids, which is something that's so important. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you don't follow Project Wayfinder, please go find them anywhere uh, on social media and uh, go to their website projectwayfinder.com to learn more about their programs on purpose and belonging. Like we said, um, we're so thrilled to be here with you. Uh, we've been plugging this a ton. If you're a teacher early in your career, please reach out. If you're willing to have a conversation with us, we can hear your experience and learn how we can help more teachers like you. So we hope you enjoy this episode of the Value as Value podcast. I always heard, you know, uh, the experience of people of color. And, and even when I moved to Houston at 25, like, I saw it and I really, like, I did grasp it, but it wasn't until, you know, Wilkie and I got really close that I could hear him tell his story through his perspective. And he was someone that I was so close with that it finally like really hit home the gravity of the colored experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for me it it's been so eye-opening that I'm even still working on how to put language to the things in my small hometown that I hear people say. And the things that I deal with, because although Minneapolis is a, a pretty liberal city, there are still lots of conservative families and conservative parents and having to put language to those particular views as well. And and like I was saying earlier, to allow people to see different perspectives as valid. Cause I think the biggest thing we're struggling with right now as teachers is the pardon the pun but the black and white nature of opinion if you have an opinion and i have a different opinion one of us has to be right or wrong and that's really what we struggle with with our kids is and it's because of what they see around them they see this climate this hyper climate of us versus them and when you're trying to have conversations with kids about their different experiences so they can understand like you said that they've had a lot of shared experiences it's really hard to help them move past or to grasp that idea of like well you and I grew up in different realities and we have these things that are both true they're contradictory but it doesn't mean that your experience and my experience aren't both true it it feels like a lot of kids want to validate their experience by disproving the experience of other kids Mm. or even with people like there's no way that your experience because it contradicts mine can be true and and it's something that really kind of gets in the way of of belonging is that feeling when when you are told that i mean because if if we're talking about like chick-fil-a Chick-fil-A versus you know Chipotle like you can be wrong in that but but when we're talking about these things with kids it's like these things are so rooted in their identity so when someone else tells them that their their opinion is wrong or whatever it's them being told that they're wrong as a person
1: Mm. and Mm.
0: and it's it's really Mm. hard to to make to work with kids on that piece that they understand that i mean because I mean, they're they're 13 14 years old and i get that they can't comprehend the gravity of that particular comment but just trying to work with them and that's where i i really feel like in the work on belonging especially is can we start to show this generation of kids the gravity of their words because yeah. i think our generation and generation before us like they lived in a world where nothing was on film and the things they said in conversations stayed in their conversations Yeah. but now we live in this world where everything is being recorded everything's being written down everything is is out there so I hope that with our kids we can start to help them see that it, there isn't just one one right way or one right opinion necessarily
1: i i completely agree and i, I think that i have so many of those conversations around like how can we get back to being a culture who's willing to dig into nuance and complexities and not just um and and i actually wonder i know you had said how do we t- teach our students or show our students i actually wonder how can we st- teach ourselves and show ourselves as adults, because (laughs) I think there, we see, and we see in the media all the time. I think there are a number of adults who forget how much their words have gravity and that they're on video or or that they posted something on social media and that everybody can see it. Uh, and so I, I think that's, I collectively, I think that's something that we're all struggling with. and, And one of the things that I think was really helpful for me was that, uh, project wayfinder encourages, uh, we encourage educators to complete the lessons themselves before they do the activities with their students. And so, again, going back to my earlier comment about how we're all we're all humans showing up in a, a, a class together at the end of the day. Uh, Teacher and students alike, and so for me, it was really eye-opening to to do some of these activities uh, and say what what's coming up for me? Like, what are what are my beliefs? What are you know what are my values? We, there's an activity around values, and so I think so often when um, we examine where our opinions come from, our opinions come from beliefs that come from our value system that we grew up with, right? And so um, for me to examine some of those things, I think even for adults. We don't we don't have space or time to, to examine those things. That's just collectively. I would think that there I know that there are some folks who do this, but I think as a collective, we're just not having those conversations. And so for me, it was really really eye opening to do some of these activities and say, oh my goodness, like there's some there's some things here that I need to examine. What am I bringing into the classroom, and and what am I modeling um, for the students, and and how can I model that in a positive way, uh, and so. For me that was really uh, eye opening to do some of those activities and see what was coming up for me and it was really helpful to think about how do I show up in the classroom as well um as as well as thinking about how do my students show up and so I completely agree with you that there definitely needs to be i think a collective conversation around how do we how do we shift some of the ways that we show up in these conversations and and a lot of self reflection I think <laughs> is needed <laughs> yeah you know
0: and and a couple of points on that too but but doing that you know if we're really working with teachers on how to be authentic with kids mm. the thing is you just have to show up with with who you are and and i think at least my misconception when i started teaching was there was this model teacher that you had to try to be so i spent so much time trying to be this model teacher that i wasn't who i was mm. i wasn't i wasn't myself and a part of being myself would it have been like, if I could go back 10 years ago, I would have really been, like, inquisitive as to the the cultural aspects and the ways of my Hispanic and Black students. Like, I would have really leaned into understanding why they were acting the way they were versus my small town Wisconsin really never knew, I mean, I maybe knew three Black people before I went to Houston. Sure. So in if I could go back now, I would have started to unpack the bias that I had, I would have started to, you know, think about, you know, what the world had told me all these years about students of color and, you know, Latinx people and African Americans and, and, and all those things. And it could have been a chance where I could have really engaged my kids and learn when some when I, when a kid did something that I didn't understand, rather than being like, "Hey, you need to stop doing that," I can be like, "Yeah, well, like what's going on with that? Like what what is this? What is that? What is that?" So, so you're sharing that that learning aspect, and I think that's the number one thing we want to work with teachers on is you don't have to share everything, but if you share what you're working on and what you're trying to learn with your kids, it teaches them that that's what really matters is that they're trying to learn and they're working on getting better. And, and it's like you said, the world has changed so rapidly, even in the last 10 years in terms of like, I I hate to pile on Texas, but riddle me how a sitting United States Senator from Texas thinks it's a good idea. In the middle of one of the worst crises they've had ever, to hop a flight to Cancun. Like, riddle how, <laughs> as a senator, you don't calculate in your mind yeah. that that is a bad decision. And, and I,
1: that's.
0: I, sorry, oh, go, sorry ahead. go
1: ahead. No, go ahead. I, and I, it's just, I,
0: it brought me back to what you were thinking about how like that older generation has never had to think about things like this, how the optics of how something like that looks.
1: Yeah, I, 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 it's wild. (laughs) That's wild. I've seen, you know, it's, it's, uh, I know memes are not always educational, but sometimes I think they get, they get us to think about things. And I saw one that said, you know, he was literally going across the border seeking shelter and safety and food and, and water for, for his family, right? Um, and yet in his policies that he pushes and, and advocates for, he says that that is criminal. And so, uh, you know, how, <laughs> again, I think that goes back to our values and our belief system. And I, I think there's this value in, in America of, uh, in the states of individualism and, and not necessarily the collective. And so, you know, there's just so many of these things that I think when we don't kind of self-examine and instead of always looking looking out, we t- if, we're, if we're not looking in, if we're not being vulnerable and asking ourselves those questions, uh, I think we'll continue to see things like that. And and I, I think so often teachers think if I'm vulnerable with my students, it's going to be chaos and they won't respect me and, you know, all of these things. And And what I've seen is that sometimes they'll respect you more. Um, if you you know if when you show up as your authentic self and you can be vulnerable in a way that's appropriate of course and and yeah. relevant and um, you know uh, but when you can be a little vulnerable with your students and be a little open with your students I think they see like oh it's not just this person at the front of the room it's it's a it's a person right it's not you know it's yeah. not this like figure the teacher it's a person who's who's here with me and I do think that they respect that and and so I I think sometimes if if Teachers can push themselves just a little bit um, to, to open up a little bit. I think they, they they will see that effect in their students.
0: Yeah, and and the one thing we've always said, and and teachers have echoed this, kids might not be able to tell whether or not you're real or who you really are, but they sure can spot a fake.
1: They'll sniff it out
0: in a oh, moment. They, they can spot a <laughs> fake, and once I realize that, like, you know, try. you should try to find things in common with your kids. But you don't have to always, like, manufacture them. Like, I got to a point where I was tired of my kids complaining that I like country. So I just spent a week, and every day I was just blaring country. <laughs> and they just, you know, they come in and they complain. and But it's all good because they yeah. see... They, they see the real. And, and I think that's an important part, too, with what we're working on with teachers is a kid, if they, if they can see who you really are, even if they despise who you really are, will respect you. Okay. Because they respect, they respect the real.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can be a fake and maybe more kids will like you but you you won't get the same degree of respect. And and I think one of the, you know like we've been talking in the broader picture it's it's like how do we get back to or how do we actually start doing this thing that we've always said well we want to respect differences. And maybe it's something we did once as a country or maybe it's one of those things that we said we always did but we never actually did. Mm-hmm. But getting to that point where we can just be able to to disagree and, and get back to a point like we don't all have to agree on something. I think that's a huge part. And not not to hop again on the Ted, the Ted Cruz bandwagon, <laughs> but this is also what blows my mind. And it comes back to what you're pointing about. Everything is out there now. This same guy last summer was railing against California that during wildfires, they couldn't keep the power on and they were asking people to conserve energy. And here he is not even a year later, his state's going through the same thing. And it's just, I just, I just on a broader scale, which is totally off. I just can't understand how these people don't get that. Everything is out there now. And that, you hope at some point there'll be, you know, people will start to be like, yeah, I'm accountable for the things I say on the internet.
1: Wild. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who well, thought?
0: Yeah. You know, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't want to get too far in the weeds too, but. Um, no. one, one it's last... all
1: interconnected.
0: It's all interconnected. It, it is. And it's, yeah. and it's just that struggle of like, trying to get kids in a world where they see, people who say things and don't get consequences how do you teach them that there are consequences to the things you say that there are consequences to to your actions. so i mean that in the broader sense that's really where it comes from but it's we're working on it that's that's what i'll say (laughs) We're, we're we're working on it so
1: yeah
0: um you know the the one last piece of the the Wayfinder program that I really like is is the the making meaning. So if you could just mm. elaborate a little bit on that, I, I think that's a super important part as well.
1: Definitely, I, I think the to my point around it, it's all interconnected. It, it definitely relates to things I've touched on already a little bit uh, in in terms of uh, there's a, there's a few different aspects uh, of making meaning, but I, I do think it's. Um, connection to the wider world Um, we talk about connection to the natural world so project wayfinder uh, is rooted there's a lot of um, metaphor uh, in particularly in the purpose toolkit Um, but it's rooted in actually polynesian wayfinding and uh, you know how does how does one make their way just using what you see what you have in nature whether that be the the prince of an animal or the sun in the sky or the the position of the stars and all of these things like how do you find your way what is what is purposeful purposeful living look like well it looks like finding your way um it's not necessarily that you have identified your purpose and you make a beeline there we know that life is not that linear and so you know that's that's a lot of what we talk about uh in the in the curriculum and it's a lot about connection to the wider world. It's it's a lot about dis- de- determining what is your place within it. It's a lot about talking about what is your connection to others, finding, finding something of, of importance beyond self. Uh, and so that's when we talk about making meaning. Those are a lot of the different aspects that we kind of touch on within the curriculum. And, and I will say, this is me wearing, again, my educator hat from having taught it. Uh, do it in a really developmentally appropriate way. Uh, I think some of those those topics can be pretty pretty out up there. Lofty, you know? yeah uh, yeah, lofty, exactly. And so I, I think they've done a really great job of of bringing it down to earth and and really making sure that it's relevant for the students.
0: and i love I love that piece too. And one thing i you said earlier that you know struck me that we've talked about is helping kids overcome that need to just be box checkers where they're where they think and this is where I coming with with the wayfinding like it, it gets kids into this mindset where if they just check these boxes they will get this particular outcome and obviously we know from experience that that's by no means the case like there are I mean even just looking at the work that Wilkie and I have done over the last seven years together we've had several different iterations of a mentoring program that we've been working on that we've tried to launch that didn't work. We've, this is like the fourth different iteration of our podcast. You know, we've been writing a book for like on and off for six years that we couldn't figure out the platform, but now we finally figured out. And we finally got to a point where we feel like the book we're writing, the mentoring program we want to put out and our podcasts are all, in alignment, but they're really truly in alignment coming back to that purpose that we started with was filling this void in teacher mentoring that we think could really make a difference. And, and I I love because I'm an outdoors person, like, I I grew up in the woods, like I grew up in the country. So for me, it's very easy for me to navigate my way around the outdoors, Mm -hmm. like I can, I can. I can take those different things, and I can like unless you drop me like in Yosemite or somewhere that's like way out in the back country, I would feel very comfortable about my ability to navigate, but I know people who are totally just lost, have no sense of direction have have no way to kind of read the tea leaves and i and I love that that part too of about the the you know winding nature of Of purpose and of finding your way because I can look back at my life if you would have asked me in high school if I would my first teaching job would have been in Houston there would have been no possible way that that would have been something that I would have entertained but and then when I was in Houston I would have told you that there was no possible way I was ever moving home. (laughs) and it just you don't know those things that'll change your life until they actually change it Mm. you know like that first job in houston totally shaped who i am and then um my oldest nephew that'll be six this summer like i I never could have imagined how that would change my perspective on being home until he was here Mm. and it and it just became those moments where you know, working as as in the broader sense of of working with teachers on the the things that they don't know, because as a new teacher and as a person and as a middle school or high school kid, you you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And and that's really where we want to be for teachers is to share experiences and and really help teachers learn the things they don't know before they realize they don't know them. So you don't have to have all the bumps and bruises that we had. I love that. Get, before we we get there. I mean, ideally if if our podcast could be something it would be to help teachers avoid those bumps and bruises for themselves. So, um I know you touched on how you like teachers to do the the Wayfinder curriculum, but is there anything else really that you think from the curriculum ap- applies to teachers in in finding themselves or any other advice you would give on specifically that authenticity piece. Hey, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast to ask a small favor. If you are a teacher that is early in their career and you would be willing to have a conversation with us for the podcast, we would love for you to reach out to us on social media, Uh, at value, it's value on Instagram at iii, or at it's Kyle Krieger. You can find us Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, reach out and let us know if you'd be interested because we want to understand what the new teacher experience is like. We want to know the things you're struggling with, the things you're finding success in so we can build a set of questions and really make our interviews with experienced teachers professionals outside of teaching that much more meaningful to new teachers in bringing them you know the resources that will help them find success so if you'd be willing to help us please reach out let us know at value adds value on instagram otherwise at it's kyle krieger at it's will law dot iii wherever you want to find us otherwise we're going to get back to it and we hope you enjoy more of this episode
1: the The way that it, the curriculum not only brings up these things for students, but brings them up for teachers is really at the heart of it. And I think if teachers lean into it a little bit and do some exploration of, of themselves along with the students, uh, that authenticity, onth- authenticity piece is really kind of an undercurrent um, throughout all of that is how do we show up as our authentic selves? And uh, I think for me, especially when I think back to, uh, to my younger self is uh, first starting out post college, but was around empathy, curiosity, authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think those three things are, are just so key, so key in just being, being open, being curious, uh, questioning things. Why do I think that this is what the ideal teacher looks like? Does it have to, if I do it differently, what will that, what will happen? will it be the end of the world? Probably not. Um, and so I, I think for me, those are a couple of the things that I would really just wish leave to folks is, is just kind of, how do you try to embody those three things? Uh, and I think that can really shape the way that you, you show up and, and, you know, like you said, we may, hopefully you're you're in a different place and you're not thinking like, Oh, I, I wish, I wish I would have, or, you know, oh, um, you know, all yeah, of that. I just, <laughs>
0: And I know there's no way I could have known, but if, if, if you could plant me now 10 years ago, when I first moved to Houston, knowing what I know now, how, how many different situations I could have handled better and I could have how much more I could have done for those kids. I mean, that's really the regret is that, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm a short skinny white dude from middle of nowhere Wisconsin that you drop in the fourth largest city in the country. Like there was obviously growing pains, but I, but I hope that, and I think that the experience I have now, and this is something with me being curious is I I'm finally asking myself. The question is, is this idea that I had in my head that my I'm best served as a good teacher in the urban setting? And I'm asking myself, is my skill set and my experience best served in a predominantly white school where these kids are maybe not getting the experience of what people are like, or they're not seeing that perspective. And, And that's a question that I've been really wrestling with over the last year or so because you know, you grow up in a small town. I mean, and Grand Rapids is not huge, right? No, it's not. But I grew up in this small town and and maybe, this, maybe social media and Facebook have changed it. But everybody knew everybody. Everybody liked everybody. Everybody got along. And the stuff that people over the last year have been, I've been seeing people say to each other on the internet. In my small little town, like people that are literally down the block from other people makes me sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. And I know that I probably can't change people in their 50s and 60s. But I know that the kids that are going to those schools are getting a lot of that. That's what they're hearing. And not necessarily from their teachers, but in their home lives. And it's really making me question. And I can't say that I'm going to, go to a different school or that I need to do that. But it it's one of those assumptions I had that, you know, the place where really great teachers were needed was in the urban setting. And I don't for a second say that we don't need great teachers in the urban setting, but my particular experience, what I've been through and what I've seen and where I came from, there might be a better place for me to serve and to do that. And it's just one of those. One of those, like, like you said, it just struck me when you said, be curious that that's one of the things that I've really, really, really been curious about in the last year or so.
1: Yeah, I think those questions are at the heart of it. Right. Being willing to ask those questions and wrestle with them and not just say like, this is too hard to figure out. I'm going to set it aside. It's like, how do you continue wrestling with those, those questions
0: is important. And uh, a friend of ours, uh, his name is Amen Ra. He's a, a principal out in Compton, California. He was describing how like his community, his neighborhood of Compton, like, you know, there's so much of the business, so much of the things that they get come from outside. And he's really working to start businesses in his neighborhood. So that way, Mm -hmm. jobs and stuff stays within his community. And I was like, that's the exact same thing I feel like in my hometown, my teeny little hometown that every year more businesses close and we have to go outside and we have to go to these other places Mm -hmm. more and more to get the things that we need and, and, and the jobs that are available. And he's like, it's probably, it's probably a very similar experience. And I never would have thought you could have made any connection between Compton, California and Cumberland, Wisconsin. Sure. But it's, it's just when you're curious like that, I think that really struck
1: me. So that's, Curious being open to open to that and that makes me think of another thing that's a little disconnected, but I think one of the things that um I would say is just thinking about the whole whole child, and so you know everything that a student brings to the classroom is the the fact that maybe their parent got laid off or that businesses are closing in their neighborhood, or that you know all of these different things uh that i I think. It's not the teacher's job to solve all of those things, but it is your job to to think about those things and how it's affecting the student, and um, what is that what does that mean for for how they might be behaving in your class, or um, you know what extra mm-hmm. support were they up all night watching their sibling because their parent you know or you know like maybe they didn't have time to do homework because they had to watch their sibling after school while their parent work, parents work second shift or something for sure. you know just all of those things I think would be another recommendation that. Um, I would have, especially for young teachers who just maybe aren't thinking about those things because, you know, that there's just there's there's what you learn in school, and and I don't think that's necessarily covered maybe as much as it could be either, uh, in in the teacher uh, educational pathway. So that's another thing that I would think of is there's just all of these societal you know things going on, all of these systems at play. How do we think about those?
0: Yeah, and and that's one thing, you know, I think about now how many emails I'm getting right now from kids that were like, Hey, you know, I, I I was working on your assignment, I got such and such and such. And I'm like, you do you get it to me as soon as you can. And then I think back to those times as a small town kid. And, and I've said this on the podcast before, I am privileged in every possible fundamental way that you could get privileged. But I'm especially privileged, and this is something growing up that I didn't know for the household that I grew up in, with two parents that were both middle class, you know, we we had everything, my parents were always around, I grew up with family, I never had to ask any of those questions about where my meals are coming from or any of that. I got to Houston, and I still didn't have enough life experience to calculate that not everyone grew up that way. And especially in the urban setting, how, I think back to how many times I questioned a kid on whether or not what they were saying was actually true. And, you know, how many times I thought, oh, this kid's just making an excuse. And then you start to realize, like, no, really, my eighth grade student is taking care of four siblings. so if this particular student is sleeping in my class, at some point, most likely, I'm gonna let it I'm, I'm gonna let it be, I might try to wake them up, I might do this, I might do that. But how much easier it is to just let that be. And this is the other thing. One thing that I, I will stress to new teachers to don't ever follow a kid out the door when mm-hmm. you have to put a kid out in the hallway don't ever go right out give yourself time oh yeah and give that kid time it's amazing how often a kid will open up to you about those things if you give them a minute and you just go out and be like so what's going on most kids will spill the beans yeah wow because they they want they want Someone to talk with that about. They want someone there to support. And how many times I lecture kids, you know, on without, that,
1: without asking a question first. With,
0: without asking a question, not not knowing, and it comes back to the point I made about will. Like I, I just in my mind I couldn't comprehend that. Like I couldn't, as a small town kid, you can't comprehend what real urban life is like until you've actually seen it and even me it took me a couple years to really get a feel for what my kids were going through and and like I said earlier if I could go back I would spend a lot more time in the community I would have gone to a lot more of the parties that I got invited to and I would have done a lot more of those things because for me I was like why would I why would I go to a quinceanera? Like, that's, I I don't even know what a quinceanera is. And then finally, one of the teachers was like, you got invited to a quinceanera? And I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, you better go. (laughs) Like, you don't understand how important of a day that is to a young lady. So it's just those moments where, oh, man, but it's.
1: But this is your impact now, right? This is your impact. You're telling your story, you're using your story and your experiences to Hopefully, support another teacher that's you know that might be in that same experience right now that maybe just got invited and they're like, Oh, they're listening to this, and And they're like, I better say yes.
0: (laughs) I mean, but it's still happening. You know, that Midwest kids are still getting recruited to Florida, Texas, Las Vegas, California, and a lot of them are the small town kids like me that are going to these Mm -hmm. places, not really having experience of it. So All right, before we dive too far into that, because I do want to be respectful of your Saturday morning, uh, a couple questions. This has been great. Yeah, it has. And we'll definitely, like I said, uh, with the program, we've been trying to connect Patrick and Wilkie to talk about their district and and stuff. So we will make sure we connect with you and connect back um, and just kind of keep up, because I just had such a fun, it's been such a fun conversation. It's been good. Really, I've enjoyed I really, it. I really enjoyed it. So a couple questions we asked people to end. Um, we stole this from Tim Ferriss. I'm not sure. He's an author. He has a podcast and he always asks us at the end. So imagine that you have a billboard that, you know, every teacher on their journey would see that billboard and take, take your message to heart. What would that billboard say?
1: Hmm. Oh, I have a, can I get, can I have two?
0: Sure, you can have as many as you want. Can I,
1: I have additional ad buying money. Can I buy two billboards? Yeah, perfect, go for it. (laughs) Um, I think for me, one of the things that I always take forward um, is is this phrase, be what you needed when you were younger. Uh, And so I I think for me, that's really, really important as we think about the impact that we have on on students' lives. And uh, I, I think also that, you know, even when you, even when you can't see it, you're making an impact, keep going. You know, that I think that would be that. maybe that's my more motivational, like rainbow, <laughs> the more, you know, right. uh, billboard, but to your earlier comment at the very beginning of our conversation, you know, you're, you, you will have those students that reach back out to you 10, 15 years from now. And maybe you didn't even realize the impact that you had on them at the time. And you won't see it. You won't see it for a while. And it's kind of a long game, um, but you are making an impact. And so keep going.
0: I love that too. Wilkie always uses the analogy of like a student being a potted plant and your job when you have them is to one plant, you might be cultivating, you know, just the soil. You might be just cultivating the soil or taking the weeds out, but it's, it's his way of, of telling teachers, like you might not see the impact that you're making, but, but we Mm -hmm. promise that you're you're making one. So that's, that's so good. Um, So for people that want to learn more about Wayfinder, talk with you about what the programs are, that stuff, what's the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah, so they can just reach out to me. It's Brandy spelled with a Y at projectwayfinder.com. I can be your point person. I'll get you to who you need to talk to. If you're interested in and purchasing toolkits or, or learning more about it. I have a great team who can help get you started. My primary role is to support you once you're starting to implement the curriculum, to train you, to help you uh, make sure that you're implementing it in the best way possible for your students. Um, but I'm happy to be be the point person for anyone that's interested. To, I can talk to you more about it or I can get you to the right person.
0: Excellent. And the website is just projectwayfinder.com, .com. right?
1: Correct, yep. And there's a lot of great information on there as well if you're just wanting to learn more. Excellent. But I'd love to talk to anyone. I, you, if you can't tell, I would love to talk. I love. Yeah, I love to chat, no, that's so. perfect. That's
0: what. Patrick, <laughs> that's, that's when Patrick called me. He was like, "We got this lady. She's really good. She just articulates everything so well." And I was like, "All right, Aww. all right, bet, let's go." Well, so thanks, Patrick. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so last question, and and you can either answer this from yourself as a person or for the Wayfinder program. Um. Down the road, many years, you know, programs are done, kids are out of it. What do you hope your and or the legacy of Project Wayfinder is?
1: I think if you probably ask anyone that works at Project Wayfinder, they're probably like, oh, it's one and the same. You know, in terms of like bringing your whole self to work, we are definitely a team that that does that. And all have just really amazing stories and reasons why we're passionate about the work and, and part of the team. Uh, and and I think collectively, we just want we want people who are living meaningful, purposeful lives who are not just box tickers, who are um, who are trying to wrestle with the complexities of the world and their place within it and hopefully have uh, the tools and language to do that in a, a, a way that they maybe weren't able before because they had that curriculum, because they had those conversations when they were in sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade. Um, they started these conversations maybe more in advance. Maybe they're having these conversations and adults don't even have these conversations, right? So um right. I, I think that's for us, we just want a population of folks. We want to just keep, you know, keep putting it out there. So we have a world of folks who are just um, you know, living purposeful lives that have meaning. They feel like they belong. They know that the world's complex, but they know that they have a place within it uh, and that, you know, there's a there's there's that wider connectivity um, beyond just them. Uh, and, and for us, we think that that could make a lot of changes we, in, in mental health outcomes and in uh, all of these these societal things that you and I right. have been talking about. We right. think that we would see a lot of changes if we if more people were walking um, in these purposeful lives. And, and we think that we can we know we can we can contribute to that through this curriculum.
0: Awesome. Oh Well, folks, it is the end of, I guess this is going to be a two-part episode, but <laughs> we can't honestly thank you enough, Brandy, for the time and for the work you're doing with Project Wayfinder. Um, we will definitely be in touch soon. And, and once Wilkie gets himself settled and, and stuff like that, of definitely connect the two of you to, to maybe talk about working down where he is. Um, and for any of our listeners out there that want to connect, projectwayfinder.com, um, just go check it out, email Brandy, anything you, you can do to help. We appreciate you listening to this episode. Um, and gosh, Brandy, thanks so much for the time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Can't wait to do it again soon.
1: It's been great. Thank you so much, Kyle. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, everybody for listening to this episode of value adds value with Brandy Arnold. Um, if you're finding value, Unintended. intended. Uh, please like, subscribe, share the podcast. Um, help us find those teachers early in their careers who just n- need some support to really be great. You know, we, we don't just need to rescue the ones that are on the edge, but we want to make the ones that are good great and try to help them speed up that process and, and learn and grow to be kind of teacher our kids deserve. So. Whatever you can do to support this podcast, we appreciate it. Um, If you have any questions, guest suggestions, anything like that, please reach out. uh, Find us on social media, at Value Adds Value, and uh, we look forward to seeing you right back here next week for number 307.